come once again for your help, for your strength, for your guidance as I stand to declare the divine truths of your word. I pray that my words would be your words, my thoughts would be your thoughts. I pray that all of us will have open eyes, open minds, open ears, open hearts to receive your word, apply it to our lives, that we might have a closer walk with you. We thank you. We love you. And we give you any moment of praise, the glory, and the honor. We thank you for these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The book of Acts, chapter number 8, verses 18 and 19, is where I'm going to call our attention. When you have it, say amen. amen. If you don't have it, say wait up, pastor. Once again, that scripture is Acts chapter 8, verses 18 and 19. Uh, I'm going to read it so y'all know. Three times. I'm going to read it from the King James. I'm going to read it from the uh, the Holman Christian Standard Bible and then I'm going to read it from the New American Standard Bible. The King James reads like this. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. The Holman Christian Standard Bible says these words from Acts 8, 18 and 19. When Simon saw that the Holy Ghost was given, through the lame on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power too, so that anyone I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. Finally, the New American Standard Bible, Acts chapter 8, verses 18 and 19, says this, Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was bestowed through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, give, give this authority to me as well, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord.
I want to talk today from the subject a phony testimony. Mm. I want to talk today from the subject a phony testimony. Deacon Mac, we live in a world where people are power hungry. The illusion of power drives us in our business, in our politics, and even in the arena of entertainment. The culture in which we are in feeds on power. We inflate the value of actors, sports figures, politicians, other celebrities, and I unfortunately have to say this, even some of us in the body of Christ Our egos have been inflated in an effort to create power figures we can admire and emulate. Yes, we as Christians are guilty of this also. We create power figures by putting uh, preachers, gospel preachers, gospel singers, gospel writers, and other church leaders on pedestals. Yes, we have done that. But God's power has nothing to do with outward appearances or worldly acclaim. Amen. I know I'm not going to get no amens on this message today. People in positions of leadership often perceive themselves as more powerful than they really are. And that's because power is like an aphrodisiac. It can do to the mind what drugs can do to the body. Amen. It can convince a person that he or she is invincible when in reality life may be nothing but a house of cards ready to collapse. Power, however, on the other hand, ladies and gentlemen, is not always a bad thing. When power is handled properly, power can give us the means to get things done that might otherwise go under. For example, we have entrusted our Congress with the power to protect our democracy, preserve justice, and keep our citizens safe. And if they do their job, we will all be better off. But power can also be abused. That is why in her last will and testament, the great Dr. Mary McLeod Bethune warned her students to have respect for the use of power. Amen. In the text today, in our text today, in our lesson for today, my brothers and sisters, there is a gentleman by the name 
of Simon. Simon wanted to grab hold of some power. It was not that he had no power. He was a well-known sorcerer in Samaria who routinely performed magic. All right? He was a trickster. He was an entertainer. All right? An illusionist, if I can also say. But he saw a new source of power in Peter and John. And he wanted it. You know, sometimes in our walk of life, we see something that somebody else has. Talk about it. And if we like it, we don't just want them to have it. But we're going to have it also. Mm -hmm. But in order for us to understand what I'm talking about, I might need to go back a little bit. So let me go back for a bit. If you would read carefully, my brothers and sisters, this eighth chapter of the book of Acts, starting starting at verse number one, it talks to us about it. A fellow named Philip. Philip was one of the original seven who was assigned or appointed by the apostles. All right? The Bible tells us that Philip went down to Samaria to preach the gospel. Now, for those of you that look at your maps and your Bibles, don't get confused by the map. Samaria was north of Jerusalem. But to get there, you had to go downhill. Philip came to Samaria preaching the good news of the coming of God's kingdom through Jesus Christ. He wanted the Samaritans to understand that despite the differences with the Jews, they could become heirs to the kingdom through faith in Jesus Christ the Messiah. Many Samaritans heard and heeded Philip's message, including Included among those converts was Simon the sorcerer, who was baptized along with the rest. Both Simon and Philip then continued to perform great miracles. Come on, stay with me. Simon used his demonic powers, while Philip was empowered with divine power. What a contrast! Simon boasted of his powers and welcomed the acclaim he received. Philip, on the other hand, proclaimed only Jesus and took no credit for his ministry's success. People were amazed by Simon's power, but they were converted by Philip's power. Well, the question here is really, was Simon saved? Because mm. we read in the lesson and we read in the text that he was with them. He was baptized. He believed. Was Simon saved? That is a question that has been debated by many theologians. Most say he was not. And for several good reasons. First of all, 
by the word, first of all, the word believe does not always refer to saving power or to saving faith. The Bible shares with us how, how important it is for us to use this word believe. Believe does not always refer, as I said, to saving faith. Simon's belief may have been just from an intellectual perspective. Secondly, faith based on signs is not always trustworthy. Because watch this, Satan also uses signs. Third thing I think we need to notice, the writer of the book of Acts, uh, a gentleman named Luke, who was a medical doctor, never wrote that Simon received the Holy Ghost. And then finally, Simon's own selfish and self-centered interest in the display of miraculous powers revealed his true character. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, it is not for you and I to judge Simon because the Lord knows those who belong to him. But if you want to improve your walk with Jesus, for whatever it is worth, my brothers and sisters, my advice is do not use Simon as your model for ministry. Mm. Our lesson Picks up where Peter and John had come to Samaria. They came for a specific reason. It was to lay hands on the converts and usher in the Holy Ghost. Normally, the Holy Ghost baptizes, indwells, and seals us at the moment of our conversion. But in this particular instance, the Holy Ghost was delayed. Most likely, it was to authenticate the ministry of Philip in the eyes of the new Samaritan converts and to mark the coming of Jesus' new kingdom to both the Jews and the Samaritans. My brothers and sisters, when Simon saw the manifestation of the Holy Spirit he was fascinated with his power. The scripture says he saw that the spirit was given. That leads us to believe there was something visible to the eye. Maybe the converts spoke in tongues. But Luke does not give us any details. Regardless, Simon's response was to offer money. Simon thought he could use this divine power to his own advantage. Simon thought he could become even more infamous. Simon thought he could charge higher fees for his miracles. Come on, y'all help me. Simon thought he could start his own ministry. Simon thought he could have been greater Whatever Simon's reasons were, 
he said to the disciples, Give me also this power. That on whomsoever I lay hands on, he may receive the Holy Ghost. Right. Mm -hmm. The Bible tells us that Peter was outraged. How dare Simon think he could buy the gift of God with money? Peter said to him, may your money perish with you. Peter's choice of language implies that he knew what was up with Simon. Amen. He knew Simon was not a Christian. Just a phony in sheep's clothing. Looking to clean the Christians, the Christians' flocks, crop, crop, crop. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that as Christians, all of us have access to God's divine power. Amen. Our testimonies are a perfect example of how God empowers us to have to, to, to save to the utmost those who are lost. It is the burning fire that is shut up in our bones that draws the sinner to salvation. Now, I'm talking today about a phony testimony. Amen. Amen. I don't want to be like Simon. I don't want you to be like Simon. I don't want you to have a phony testimony. Because, you know, believe it or not, my brothers and sisters, there are people who are in the body of Christ who, are, who have a phony testimony. And there are some that have been in the church for a long time with a phony testimony. So I want to consider today with us what happens when you have a phony testimony. First of all, let's have this understanding. Point number one. A phony testimony is dishonest. Amen. All right. You might be able to fool some of the people some of the time. Come on, that's what my mama used to tell me. But you can't fool the people all of the time. You might be able to fool, watch this, even the church. Uh -huh. But I'm here to let you know that you cannot fool God. All right. All right. Amen. Amen. If your conversation is not real, you are being dishonest. Not just to the people around you, but also to God. Uh -huh. You can fool others with your fasting with your talents, with your zealous service, and even your sacrificial giving. But you cannot buy salvation's power. It is either real 
or it is not real. Your life needs to line up with your testimony. There should have been a complete transformation in your life and your lifestyle. When the Lord came into your life, when the Lord saved you, there must be a total change of direction. There must be an absolute turnaround. There must be a thorough reformation. And there must be an unexplainable change in your life that can only be explained through the blood of Jesus Christ. Your honest testimony should be that sin can kick me down, but God picked me up. Your honest testimony should be sin had me bound, but God released me. Your honest testimony should be that Satan made me feel useless. But God said I was precious. Your honest testimony should be Satan tried to destroy me. But God saved me. Do I have any witnesses in here? Do you know what God has done for you? Did God pick you up? Yes. Did God release you from sin? Yes. Did God save you to his precious? Did God save your life? When the songwriter looked at it and said, I was sinking deep in sin. Far from the peaceful soul. Very deeply stayed within. I was sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters, he lifted me. Now, shake am I. I know God lifted me, but we say love lifted me. And guess what? Just for the record, love is God, and God is love. God, hallelujah, his love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. The Apostle Paul told the church of Corinth that the way to empower ourselves is to cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Protecting holiness in the fear of God. My brothers and sisters, you want to have power? Do you want to have power, my brothers and sisters? If you want to have power, my brothers and sisters, you got to allow God to clean your house. Anything less than God cleaning your house is dishonest. And that makes your testimony dishonest. I want us to consider and think about what happens when we have a phony testimony. When we have a phony testimony, our life is dishonest. But not only is our life dishonest, uh, if we do not let God clean us up, then our testimony will have no power. Some of us have a pleasing personality. But I'm here to tell you that your pleasing personality 
will not give you any power. Some of us know how to look godly. Some of us even know how to act godly. But I'm here to tell you that your godly appearance and your godly acting will not give you any power. You can wear a cross around your neck that's big enough to share off Dracula. But I'm here to tell you that you wearing a cross around your neck will not give you any power. The Apostle Paul knew where his power had come from. He tells us in First Corinthians, in, in Colossians 1 and 29, he says, I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. If, if you might not have understood what I said, well, let me give you the Living Bible translation of that. Paul says, this is my work. And I can do it only because Christ's mighty energy is at work within me. I need you to know today that it's not you. But it's the God who's in you that works in you. It's the God that's in you that provides you with the power. A phony testimony will not help anybody, especially you, because it is not connected to its divine power source. You see, my brothers and sisters, you need God's power to be a light in the world. You need God's power to radiate the real presence of God. You need God's power to glow with the glory of God. You need God's power to reflect the true image of God. Y'all praying for me today. You need God's power to draw your family and friends to the will of God. Uh, to my brothers and sisters who do like I do, we preach the word every week. I'm here to remind us that we cannot preach the word without God's power. We cannot baptize converts without God's power. We cannot pray for the sick without God's power. And we cannot even may say, may God bless you without God's power. I'm here to tell you today that we need to have God's power. I wonder today, how many of you know that you have God's power? And even if you don't know, if you don't have it, how many of you are pressing your way to get God's power? But you need to make it your business to try your best to get connected to the power source. That you might have God's power. And when you have God's power, you won't have a phony testimony. Well... Uh, uh, I got one more I got to share with you. Uh, what happens when you have a phony testimony? Uh, your phony testimony is dishonest. Your phony testimony has no power. But finally, uh, when you have a phony testimony, your testimony is 
fruitless. You know, I'm, I'm just like another theologian. I really wish I knew what happened to Simon after his encounter with Peter and John. Because the Bible does not say. There are some theologians that say he became the founder of the Gnostic histories. Others say he went to Rome and tried to pervert the Christian doctrine to his advantage. Still, there are others that say he became involved in a miracle contest with Peter and he lost. But this is all conjecture. We can be certain of only one thing, my brothers and sisters. That Simon was powerless to promote the gospel. Because there is no gospel that records his miraculous ministry. You see, my brothers and sisters, our faith needs power the way a fruit tree needs fertilizer. No power, no fruit. That's right. The generations that follow us will only spread the gospel if we share our genuine testimonies of our own redemptions. My question to you today is, what will, you, what will your Christian legacy be? Are you proclaiming Jesus or are you just blowing smoke? Are you singing the joys of Jesus or are you just bellowing? Are you praying in the sanctuary or are you just resting your eyes? Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you that the church carries the weight of sacred responsibility to uphold God's standards of morality and decency and to share the wonderful message of grace and mercy. She is counting on us. Yes, it is. And God gives us the power, but he gives it only to his people. Well, i got to go, y'all. But I'm here to tell you that if you have a phony testimony, I'm here to tell you that it is not too late. You can let God clean up your act. I wish I had some help today. All that you have to do is repent and let Jesus do the rest. He gives power to the faint-hearted. I believe the Bible tells us in Isaiah 40, uh, 28 to 31. Uh, Isaiah says, Has thou not heard, has thou not known, has thou not heard that the Lord, the creators of the ends of the earth, faileth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But if you want power, Here's the real secret, y'all. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run upon wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. If you want power, I'm here to tell you, you've got to wait on the Lord. I'm here to tell you, if you want power, you've got to learn how to wait on the Lord. And if you are here today and do not know Jesus as your Savior, 
if you want to be forgiven of your sins, I'm here to tell you that God will forgive you. You've got to ask Him. You've got to sincerely ask Him. You've got to ask Him with a repentant heart. You've got to ask Him with a sincere heart. I'm here to tell you that God gives power to His people. He gives them power to proclaim the gospel of Jesus. He gives them power to speak the saints about Jesus. He gives them power to sing the songs of Zion. He gives them power to pray for the sick and afflicted. He gives them power to spiritual spiritual guidance to give to the lost. And He gives them power to reach the lost to Christ. I'm here to tell you to say
But why are you still weak? Wait. I know we social distancing, but if you could just point to somebody or turn to somebody and just yell at them and say, God said wait. God said wait. 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 Amen. 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 